of Sprouts of Spira. I'm its host today and I also have three long-term volunteers with me who are going to shed light on what it actually means to be a long-term volunteer. Hi Michal. Hello. Hi Leo. Hello. Hi Hella. Hi. So tell us, what does long-term volunteering mean? So we're all here as long-term volunteers, which for us means that we are here for five or six months. And during this time we live together, we volunteer with seeds, lead camps and uh, participate in other activities as well. So how long have you been here? I've been here since late September, so almost six months now, five and a bit. Mm-hmm. And you, Leo? Yeah, same thing. I think we arrived more or less at the same period, so by the end of September. Mm-hmm. And you, Michal, too? Yeah, same. Okay, and how much time do you have left? I think I'm going to be the first one leaving. That is, if the lava doesn't cover the airport. <laughs> I'm scheduled to leave on the 13th of March. Oh, the lava. Tell us a bit what the lava means. Okay, so there's been a lot of earthquakes and the Eritrean Peninsula lately, which is uh, close to the area where we live. We are located in the capital, Reykjavik, and now there's a possibility that there might be eruptions and maybe lava flow, which might affect air travel as well. So, mm, I don't know, I would be kind of sad and really happy at the same time if that happens, because that would be more time for me here. Yeah, that would be crazy if that would mean that you cannot leave. But we would be all very lucky to have you here with us for a bit longer. So, considering that you have been here already for five, six months, that must mean you've had quite a lot of time to explore Iceland, right? Yes, true. So, what have you seen? What have you explored? Well, I personally haven't explored so much. When we do our service of volunteers, we do some excursions. So we see the many seaside of this part of island, the southwest. So I've seen, of course, the Golden Circle, South Shore, but I haven't had yet the chance to explore other part of the island. I was almost going to do that with Hella and some other participants, but unfortunately it didn't work. We didn't have the proper van, the proper uh, tail, so we have to come back and it didn't work. But <laughs> I know like Michal, you had the chance to explore the whole island. Yes, so I managed to do the ring road around the island. So it's the most popular way to see the whole country because basically just driving towards the road number one, which is the whole circle around the island. Okay, but Leo, tell me again why you couldn't continue your trip? Okay, I think when you do a trip, it's very important to plan even the smallest detail, especially if you're in a place like Iceland, which is not the most civilized country. There's still some nature, some wildness. <laughs> so if you want to travel, you need to have the proper equipment, a proper car, and we did it, I think, too fast. We rent a van without checking the feedbacks of this company and then we found out this company wasn't the best at all. There was a lot of negative feedbacks, so they gave us a car which wasn't the one we expected. It wasn't good, it didn't have winter tails, so 
we have to, at some point of the travel, we realized that we weren't able to keep going with the condition. It was snowing all time. This van we had wasn't even able to do a normal way, a normal road uh, without feeling very insecure. The, the wind was strong, so we decided it was better just to come back. And unfortunately, we couldn't keep going with our trip. Oh, that's really unfortunate, but it also sounds very extreme to go on the road with a car that doesn't really meet the requirements. Yeah, we didn't know at the beginning. We were just excited of traveling with a big van. And then when we were stuck for the second time in a day and we couldn't go up a hill, a man, a very nice guy, stopped, he helped us to move the van and he said that we didn't have the proper equipment to travel to keep going the trip like that. And that's when we realized that the safest thing was to come back. Well, at least it had a, a good ending. You got back safely. Yeah, absolutely. Know? It could have been much, much worse. We every day hear about stories of tourists who have accidents, some people even died. So we are lucky nothing happened. We just lost some money and some time, but it's better than losing your life. For sure. Exactly. You don't want to miss the opportunity to do what you came to do here in Iceland. Can you describe your work here as a volunteer? Yes, so basically we are war camp leaders, so we're supposed to lead war camps that are currently happening not very often. We mostly do it online now, so we prepare various sessions about topics connected to the environment and we share the knowledge with people from around the world that are joining to our Zoom sessions. Yeah, and when we're not doing these camps or the virtual alternatives, then we also participate in some other volunteering activities. So uh, lately we've been collaborating with the Family Aid, with Salvation Army, with the Red Cross, so we keep it kind of varied. We help out um, in store shops, so it's um, a bit of everything. And it sounds like you're very busy and have a lot going on. Yeah, I think it uh, varies from time to time. So before Christmas especially, it was a very busy period indeed. We had every day filled basically with different projects. Now I would say we are a bit more settled in into this scheme. But yeah, there is still projects to keep everyone busy, but not overworked. Okay, thank you for giving us this overview of what you do. And just to make things maybe a bit more fun, I've prepared this activity where I'm gonna say a sentence and then you're gonna say whether you agree or disagree with it kind of at the same time or maybe one by one we'll see how it goes and my first statement is making friends in Iceland is easy do you agree or disagree disagree <laughs> disagree is there a depends on no you have to <laughs> okay then then disagree and can you expand on your answer maybe Miha? Sure. Well, so the problem is that you cannot make friends with new people because you don't get to meet new people. <laughs> because everything was closed. We have a gathering plan down to 10. We used to have it 20. That's like the lowest number that we have ever gone to. This also means that we can't do anything. We can't go to swimming, of course. We can't cut our hair. We can't go. Uh, and when we got here, basically we couldn't go anywhere unless it was, of course, trip outside of the town. And we still weren't lucky enough to actually meet some locals. But on the other hand, you get a chance to really get to know other volunteers because you basically spend whole days together in one house. So those can become your friends very easily. Yeah, actually, that was what I had in my mind when I asked if there's a depends on answer. 
because um, it is indeed pretty hard to um, befriend locals, but it is quite easy to make friends within your small little group. So it's um, on one hand, there are a bunch of people with whom you can become friends very easily, but if you want to meet locals, that's a bit more challenging. Mm -hmm. And are all long-term volunteers from somewhere else and not locals? Yes, every long-term volunteer is from a different uh, European country. I mean, not that there are no two people from the same country, but none of them is uh, Icelander. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us where you are all from? Mm, I'm from Italy. I was born and raised there, but my parents are Colombians. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Leo. Uh, Michal? I'm from Poland. And Hella? And I'm from Hungary. Okay, now that that piece of information has been shared, we can go to the next statement. <laughs> Volunteering changes your life. Disagree or agree? Agree. 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 Well, that's very uncontroversial. Uh, but maybe, Leo, can you tell us how volunteering has changed your life? It's definitely an experience that marks a, an important moment in your life. It's a completely different from what I've done before, from any other experience. You learn a lot, you put a lot of effort, but you also gain a lot. Of course, I'm not a new person, I didn't change my life, I'm not better, I'm not worse. I'm just different. I can definitely mark in my life before Iceland and volunteering with SEED and what I will be after. I wanted to come here and realize what I wanted to do with my life. I haven't, but for sure I am different from what I was when I became when I came here. <laughs> That's lovely to hear, Leo. Hello, how does that apply to you as well? You feel as different people? I think I have a Spanish similar experience to Leo's that I came here because I couldn't really find my place at home at the time and uh, I wasn't really expecting Iceland to give me a very clear path of what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do with my life but it did give me some very valuable experience and I also feel like I changed and grew as a person here. Yeah, I believe that uh, everything changes when you decide to go to this kind of project because it's not like changing a job or a city. You change everything, you change the country you live in, you change your all your routine, you change people you have around, you change everything. You are living a completely different life, you live in a common house, you do everything differently, you eat lunch differently, you cook for a lot of people, you are fed by other people, you spend your time differently. I mean, it's like everything is upside down. You need to get used to it for this period when you're here. A follow-up question. What made you want to turn your life upside down, Michal? Uh, nothing. I just said it happens. I didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you came here, you thought everything is going to be the same as before? Well, basically, I didn't think anything. I just wanted to come and I wanted to see this. And then I discovered how different it is. Fascinating. Actually, I have another statement and I want to know if you agree or disagree. Volunteering is for people who don't know what to do with their life. Agree. Agree. <laughs> okay, I feel like I'm always the last one to say agree or disagree, but yes, agree too. Okay. I feel like you kind of talked about it, like not really knowing what to do with your life, but maybe there's anything else you want to add, why you agree with this statement. Well, I might add that I don't think it's only for people who are a bit lost in their lives. I don't think it's the only reason you might want to do it, and it wasn't the only reason for me. So uh, I would say that while it is kind of a good idea to do it if you feel a bit stuck, 
but it's not just a runaway option, it's much more than that. Beautifully said. Next uh, statement, volunteering changes the world. Agree or disagree? I agree. I agree. Oh no, I, I have to find a statement where I go right in and on the first person and agree. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a comment on that? Well, I've, I've learned a lot and uh, I also had the chance to share with other people, to learn from them, to share my knowledge and for sure I know I wouldn't be the same. And uh, you can change the world if you don't change yourself. And I've seen changing people starting from myself. Yeah, so basically change starts with you and yeah, when exactly. people change, the world changes. I think it's a nice idea. Uh, maybe an easier one, Hella. Uh, let's see if you can go first. Actually, it's not that easy, I'm afraid. Iceland is one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> can you also answer? <laughs> oh, great. Go ahead. No, no, it wasn't bad. Just let it go. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Maybe you want to give us some examples why you think that way. It's definitely a unique country, like no one else. I would say, of course, every country has its own unicity, every country is beautiful and unique. But Iceland, for its history, for its particular position, for its shape, for the way it developed, it has something that you can't find anywhere else, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with Lau. And sometimes I was just mesmerized by the landscape. Like, you feel like you're on a different planet sometimes here. I've been to places where I felt like the nature is beautiful, but this just feels beautiful in a different way. Like, sometimes I could be on Mars or on a different planet because it's just not your regular landscape. Yeah, I think also the kind of charm of Iceland is that there is so many beautiful landscapes, but there's very little, let's say, touristic infrastructure. I feel like if we had the same somewhere closer to us, somewhere on the continent, I think going to a mountain would equal seeing a lot of popcorn stands and helium balloons and stuff like that. Like, I think that it would be much more, let's say, polluted with uh, all around tourism stuff. And here you go somewhere and, okay, it's kind of a situation right now during um, the COVID that there is not many people, but basically you go somewhere and you're alone there. You and the mountain, uh, you and the lake, and it's completely different experience. No, I feel like I want to go to Iceland, and I mean, luckily for me, I am here, so <laughs> excited to see more. So living with a bunch of other young people is fun and doesn't feel like real life. Agree or disagree? Agree. 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 <laughs> and both parts, that it's fun and not like real life? Yes. What would we define as real life? <laughs> it's definitely fun. I definitely agree with that. And well, it's not real life as in I think I have more free time than I had, for example, during the last year of university. Or definitely more free time than I would have if I was working a full-time job. But it felt real to me in a different way. Okay, I think that the first difference that I notice is that you get a completely different feeling of time. You feel like it doesn't exist here and uh, it's like sometimes you wonder if something happened yesterday or was it a week ago already. The days are kind of both long and short at the same time. It's uh, difficult to explain but the thing is that when you have so many people in one house, sometimes you just sit on the couch, you talk to one person, you talk to another, you talk to the third one and then it's already three hours later and you're supposed to do something 
everyone was supposed to do something. We had to do it at eight, but we start doing it at 10 because someone was doing this, someone was doing this, and no one feels like we have to rush. So, and that's how time magically disappears. <laughs> and then we find ourselves day after and the day after, and you have no idea what's going on. Does it ever cause any problems that time kind of just goes by like that and there's no real structure, it sounds? I feel like it didn't, and this is why I agree that it doesn't feel like a real life. <laughs> okay, one more question. The connections you make as a volunteer with other volunteers are deep and will last a lifetime. Agree or disagree? I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So you really feel like you get really close to the other volunteers? Yes, of course. So hard to not do. After so much time, you would have to lock yourself in the room to not to get close to someone. Otherwise, you, I think it will happen automatically. So let's talk a bit more about what it was like to live in a house with so many other volunteers. First of all, how many were you exactly? It varies from time to time, but I think uh, on average 15, give or take. And based on everything you've said, it sounds like you spend quite a lot of time together. That's right. Most part of the day, yes. During quarantine, what was it like? Did you see any other people at all? Well, we were kind of advised against going out a lot or being in close contact with, uh, let's say, outsiders. So we mostly kept to ourselves. But uh, if you live with that many people, it doesn't feel that isolated. What kind of things did you do together? We spent time preparing food, cooking, <laughs> eating, <laughs> trying. We had the chance to eat food from every country, every experiment we wanted to try. And there were no evening without a movie or a game activities or going just simply out for walks to look for the aurora, taking pictures, spending time together. It's all about uh, sharing the experience together. So even just looking at from the window, doing it together, it's nice. And the fact that people are from different countries, how does that affect the overall group dynamics and living together? Well, it means that we have to eat dinner at 9 p.m. <laughs> Which I'm not used to. But <laughs> Oh, the cultural shock yes. of eating dinner at night. <laughs> I hope you're right. <laughs> so where does the 9pm come from or why is it a problem for you? Well, because I don't eat dinner at night at home. I eat dinner in the afternoon and then a small supper before I mean, <laughs> on several <laughs> right? <laughs> And then, and then we got all those Spanish. <laughs> yeah, but I think this is a very good example that this is as far as the intercultural conflicts go. <laughs> so I wouldn't say that we have really big um, misunderstandings or conflicts that would come from being different nationalities. Yeah, it actually makes our dinners more rich when it comes to the dishes you got to eat. And we're back to food. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> we never left that topic. I think the biggest conflict we had was about when to celebrate Christmas, if uh, the 24th at midnight or the next day, the 25th in the morning. It turned out that we like forgot we just enjoyed the time and at some point it was Christmas. <laughs> and we just celebrated, we shared the present. So that's... Uh, I never see any problem. 
of course we are all from a similar culture, the European one, so there is not such a big differences beside the eating food. But I think it was really nice to see that that we all, even though we are all from different countries, from different experience, we all love to share time together, to enjoy, to watch movie, to play, to learn from each other to share nice food. I think that was the best thing, seeing how many things in common we have besides the culture we are from. Did it change any of your previous maybe stereotypes or prejudices or was there anything surprising that you found out about other people from specific countries? I think it only made my stereotypes about Spanish stronger. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, remove this one. <laughs> No, not really. So was it the first time for you to live in such a, first of all, such a huge group and then a group consisting of people from uh, so many different countries? Well, I spent once a summer in the United States where I lived with people from different countries and they were from all over the world, so not from Europe. So it's not the first experience for me to live in a diverse uh, community, but it's the first time that I'm doing it for such a long time. Well, for me, it's uh, well, I've been to a lot of short-term youth exchanges, uh, so I'm familiar with the idea. But also, I think that we are not that much diverse. I mean, we like we're all from Europe, and it's uh, kind of maybe gives you the illusion of having all the different people. But basically, we have kind of similar ways of thinking about stuff. So I think that it would be much different when we if we actually had people from different continents. What do you think would be different? Maybe from everyday habits to actually actual deep conversations like about uh, our views, morality or whatever deep things will come to our mind. Also maybe different dinner time, who knows? <laughs> At 10 p.m., 11 p.m.? No, I think the average would go a bit lower. And that just makes me wonder if you feel that the fact that everyone's from Europe, it's not like challenging enough for your views or for your, um, I guess, habits. Well, I'm not really looking for a challenge, but it's a thing that I guess you can notice that the company is not that much diverse. I kind of, or, I mean, we kind of talked about it, but I still have this question. How often do people get into fights or misunderstandings due to cultural differences? I think the only time we had something that resembled a real fight was before Christmas, what Leo mentioned already. I think that was the only time where I felt like we are actually having a <laughs> conflict, because I guess it's a very sentimental thing for yeah. everyone, and everyone wanted to have it as close to their home traditions as they could get. And um, I think that was the only time when I saw people actually getting into a fight about something other than that. I think we're getting along quite good. So it seems like everyone is like very, you know, open, everyone's very considerate. Do you have any tips for other people, like how to achieve that in a house with more than 10 people? With post-its, a lot of post-its. <laughs> Isn't that considered passive aggressive? No, I would say they go a long way, not like, um, leaving a post-it for someone who left the empty uh, milk bottle in the fridge, <laughs> but rather putting reminders on post-its, which, oh, 
wouldn't say it's passive aggressive. I think it's a nice reminder because sometimes you're not um, not doing something because you're mean or because you don't care about the community. Sometimes it's just because you forget about it. Also, I think you always need to have a small snack summer clothes so you can actually survive until 9 p.m. dinner time. <laughs> You also mentioned something along the lines that basically you have to separate yourself from other people if you don't want to get too close to them. And here's just my question. What did you do when you needed some alone time or when you did feel that maybe someone is just too much in that moment to handle? Well, there are some ways that I'm not going to share because I'm using them now. <laughs> I can send you a mail in a month. <laughs> are you using them on me? No, I'm using them <laughs> if I want to be alone, or basically, as you ask, just away from everyone. Do you have a special place where you go? No comment. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also, if we don't have anyone quarantining in our houses, then it's also a possibility, like, uh, we have people who like to go over to Escalade and play on the piano for a bit or something like that. Just a quick side note, Escalade is one of our volunteer houses. That's also one of the houses where our camps take place during winter time, usually when we have camp participants, when there's no COVID. Anyway, back to the interview. So you can always just um, do that or simply go for a walk. There are plenty of places you can do that. So if you really feel like being alone, not just away from the people you live with, you can just like go on to the hill close to Perform and you can really feel like you're in a small forest and you're not bothered by anyone. That seems very nice that you do have that opportunity to kind of go and be on your own. And um, kind of trying to wrap things up, I'm wondering when you look back on this experience, and I know that since you're still in Iceland and this experience isn't quite over yet, it might be a bit weird to kind of reflect on it right now, but still like when you look back, what stands out to you the most? I would say like we're in the same vibe that we've been talking. I think this experience with the people, the connections, I personally will always bring with me every aspect of every person. Right here I have you three. I will always appreciate and admire the ability that Hella has to net and to fix things. And I will always, I think every time I will look to uh, knitting something stuff, I will think about Hella. <laughs> Every time there will be a game, a social situation, I will think about Mihao and his great, crazy ideas of games and interactions. I will keep them with me. Uh, Ina, you are my vegan uh, master guru <laughs> slash traveler of the world. And uh, yeah, I think for every person I will always bring a memory and a part of them will be with me. That's a tough act to follow, but maybe... <laughs> Someone wants to give a try. It's always the worst to be right after the best one. Uh, yeah. No, 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 that's true. That's not true. It's not yeah, everyone's got a great answer, I'm sure. Okay. Well, I think there is some kind of feeling of peace when you are here because basically you don't need to worry about the stuff. You always have to worry living somewhere at home. It's like you will get food here. Someone will usually cook for you. You will have a place to, to live, to sleep. All your responsibilities are somewhere there on the wall. It's kind of going back to something you had as a kid when you actually didn't have to worry about uh, like mortality. <laughs> no, basically, you didn't have to worry about like everyday stuff and it kind of comes back to you here. 
I believe that's a very interesting thing. Okay, I honestly don't know what I can add to this because I uh, agree with what the guy said before me and uh, I would definitely take home with me the whole experience, whole Iceland and the people I've been with here. It's also true what Mino just said, that it's kind of nice that you don't have to be anxious about daily stuff that you might have to worry about at home. Also the Covid situation was way better here. So I, I see that the friends and family I have home are getting, um, they are getting kind of frustrated with all the restrictions and how they have to mostly stay home. So it was also, I think, the best place to be during this time. Yeah, and uh, I think that uh, for me, I kind of have a material that gives me a bit more down to earth because I also study online. So it kind of doesn't let me leave Poland completely because a few days a week I'm still there. But otherwise I feel like I'm completely out of time and space. So I believe that others feel it even more. One of the last questions, maybe the last question, we'll see. What has changed in your life due to volunteering in terms of your future plans or where you want to live or even how you plan to spend your free time now after volunteering? It made it even more unclear. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, basically the COVID situation, actually, okay, it's, uh, I think it's as unclear as it was, because we have no idea what's going to happen in the US future. And uh, I didn't know before coming to Iceland and I still don't. So I guess it didn't change that much. But has it given you some kind of a direction in terms of where to go? or what to do? Well, for me, it hasn't uh, given me a direction per se, but it did give me this uh, feeling that since I have a limited time here, it kind of made me more aware of uh, actually doing the things I wanted to do, because in life we often postpone doing things because we feel like I have time for it, I will do it another day. And here I kind of did the same the first uh, few months, and as my departure approached, I just realized that either I do this stuff now or I don't do it because I won't have a chance for it later and I'm leaving Iceland and I have no idea if I'm coming back or when I'm coming back. So I think it will, it's not really a direction, but it's a more of a shift in my approach toward things that I think I will be more aware of uh, what I want to do and actually going for it. Okay, I think for me also maybe not a like a direction change but i believe that i could treat it more like a some kind of battery charge like coming here it's like we all spend some months being closed being far away from a lot of people close to us and it was like something that i believe a lot of us needed just to be somewhere around friendly people be in the open space, chill a little bit, get away from everything. And uh, I believe that if you come back after this, you have much more energy to do anything you had on your mind before leaving. Yeah, I don't, I like them, I agree. I don't see a particular difference. I just enjoyed it and tried to gain the most from it. I, I don't see myself like in a different direction, everything for sure. I have definitely some good tips to live more aware about me, about the environment. For sure, I have better idea how to spend my free time. <laughs> for the ending, just for fun, rate each other as housemates on a scale of 1 to 10. Okay, who's writing who? 
everyone. <laughs> Ready, everyone. You can also rate oh, yourself. Uh, ourselves. No, oh, okay. no, 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 I was just joking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm giving 10 to everyone. Oh. Yes, yeah. actually, I didn't want to sound corny, but I was thinking the same. Like, I don't have a reason to take away points from any of you guys. Exactly. <laughs> in, in Italy, <laughs> in Italy, we we'll say like squadra che vince non si cambia. Like, as long the team wins, why should you change the players? For now, it's work. I wouldn't change them. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> oh, yeah. In Poland, we say. Tylko jedno w głowie mam, koksu pięć gram. Translate. Yes. No, it's, a, it's Polish calories. Ah, okay. Ah. Thank you for this piece of Polish wisdom. Polish cow? It's an important part of the Icelandic culture. So basically the second song after Polish anthem that the Polish should know. I think you made a mistake. You said it's an important part of Icelandic culture. Yes, it is. Oh, okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I always forget that Iceland is half Polish people, no? <laughs> well, it's time for us to wrap things up. Hela, Michal and Leo, thank you so much for joining me here today. It was a real pleasure talking to you. Your insights, your stories, I think they're really, really valuable and I appreciate that you shared them. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was a great experience. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Be much free. I would also like to thank all the listeners for listening to this podcast, whether you're new or whether you also heard the first episode. If you didn't hear the first one, go back and listen to that one too. Also, in a few weeks, we will come out with the third episode, so keep an eye out for that. It's going to be really fascinating. I'm definitely looking forward to it. And that's it for today. So thank you and see you next time.